Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Key's still beating. Key and I will go on arguing about this forever. Or, sorry, agreeing about this. Key doesn't like to argue. We, we, uh, no, we, we have, don't argue. We have, we have conversation. We have conversations Dialogue. where we agree with each other. Caucus. We call uh, it caucus. Another, with what's another one? Uh, discourse. 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 Give me another one, Jay. Uh, just communication. Uh, communication. Yeah, we communicate. Keyshawn J. Will and Max presented up. by Progressive Insurance. All guests <laughs> on in. the Goodyear hotline. Um, all right, so you heard Rex Ryan's biggest takeaway from the Cowboys game. What, what we're, what we're uh, agreeing about, apparently, is how Dak got paid. And you can see why. Because he was good. He, he started off good, went to very good, looked like he was trending toward great. Baker Mayfield... Someone like that is what he is. Yeah, and, he is what he is. And the question is, what do you pay a guy like that? And I'm saying half of what the top guys get. No, you can't get him for half. Half is backup money in the National Football 20, League. 20 yeah, they for backup. They paying backup. What did Mike Glennon get, man? Well, that's, Mike, that was different. That's, I mean, but I'm I just think saying. that was like 10 or 12. Was it? For some reason, I smelled it like was high. 15, 6. It was, it was high, high. Whatever yeah, it was. 15. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, bake. Look, man. I ain't going to never count another man's money because I, I don't ever want to do that. Right. Dak Prescott was basically, people were betting against him even after the injury when he was on track to getting paid. They felt like Jerry was going to pay him too much and not enough. Some people felt like not enough. Some people felt like too much. We clearly see what he's doing. When you talk about Baker Mayfield on the flip side of things, the market's going to be the market. Now, he's not going to get with Lamar guy. He's not going to get with Josh Allen. No, but he if those guys are 45 to 50, he probably is a 30-plus million-dollar guy. If you're Kevin Stefanski, do you want to be connected with Baker Mayfield for the next four or five years? What's better? I think Baker, if he's healthy, I'm, is good. He's, he's good. I'm, it's I'm just not, he's not Max, great. Let me bring you back. You're Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. Would you want to sign Baker Mayfield for the next four to five years? As Key said, it depends on what else is available. Unlike a lot of these guys, I think you can win with Baker. Some guys, I'm just like, move on. Not there's good nothing. Enough. There's nothing available, right? So when you start thinking about it, okay, so you say, yeah, that's not true, Key. They got Aaron Rodgers. He'll become available. But you're dreaming. Yeah. Those are dreams. Well, that's why they're waiting, right? They're, they're waiting to see what else dreams. happens throughout the course of the year oh. to see how things they're continue also to evolve. Built, they're built to win now. So oh, it's not like, you say, well, what about Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. yeah he, Jimmy, he's basically Baker Mayfield. And then he might get hurt. Yeah. And now what? But they're at similar levels. Yeah, but now like, what? Yeah. No, right? I'm just okay. giving you options and you think about quarterback. Is Dak your biggest? So you heard what Rex Ryan just had to say in the previous segment about mm-hmm. his biggest takeaway from what's your biggest takeaway from the Cowboys game? Is it Dak? Because key for me, there were throws that he made third and long, yeah. second and long that I, that I thought the, if he's not special, they lose the game. They don't win that game, but he was special. Yeah, my, 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 my. I guess my biggest takeaway from the game as a whole is Bill Belichick's mindset. Where is he at now that his team is at sitting at two and four? And you got a young quarterback. So are you still thinking we're going to do young Tom Brady type things and try and win long term that way? Or are we just going to take the training wheels off Mac Jones and just let him go? Because I think you're at that point right now where you really need to see what you got. As, so fast. Like, you need to see what you got, man. Because you cannot clearly 
win the way that you're trying to. You know, it's funny because you're right. They were 7-9 and nine last year with Cam, and I'm there going a couple plays, and they could. But meanwhile, they're 7-9, and nine, and they're 2-4. and four, And you think, oh, they're almost 3-3. Three and three. No, they're 2-4. and four. Exactly. So they're 9-13 and, and 13 in their last two seasons so far. It's not so going to cut So can it. you just let him – is it time to just let him play football? And see where it goes. Oh, that's fast, man. That is fast. That's scary. That's fast. What do you do? I don't, you know, in the Because you days, owe it to the other guys. That's on, you owe it to those guys. The Nelson Aguilars. It, 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 you, you owe it to them. You owe it to them. You see, I, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't take the, the governor off and just say, hey, go, go play. Like, I, I think when you made this decision, you thought long term. You had to think long term. You can't think that you were going to make something great in just a year. There are expectations, but obviously there's a lot more work to be done. Like, I, you just can't rush the process. No, you can't, but you also went with a young quarterback because you thought that you had a team that was, could hold things together with a young quarterback and you wouldn't be sitting at two and four right now. All right. There's, I mean, we there's could, no way Belichick made that decision. Yeah. Right. We could go down this. And by the way, we should bring this up. Maybe tomorrow we'll talk about it because I went back and looked at Drew Brees' career to look at like Tua and these guys. There's a lot to get into with quarterbacks, development, when to push the buttons, how things have changed. But one thing we know for sure, Dak Prescott is playing out of his mind and he has reached the elite. However, he got hurt yesterday. Like we really haven't talked about that. Cowboys quarterback hey, Dak, Dak Prescott uh, in the postgame presser. Listen. Just came down funny, and that's what it was. And as I said, someone will get checked out. I'll be fine. can promise you that. Great timing going into the bye week. But as I said, y'all can, y'all can have fun with it this week. Castrate. Life keeps throwing punches, and I'm going to keep throwing them back. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of it. It's part of this game. It's a physical game we play. Um, as I said, I'll be fine. Uh, I've got a lot of confidence in myself, the medical team. And as I said, I mean, I feel, I feel good. Obviously, this is precaution. But, yeah, I mean, just more so thinking about the touchdown. It doesn't hurt as bad, obviously, when you, uh, when you score and you win the game. So um, all that's a plus. And credit to CD right there and just the play call uh, just for us to, to, get in that, to get in that moment and to be able to go score and, and capitalize on that great call by Kellen. He got a lot of – I'm watching his highlights. He got a lot of warm moon in him, though. Mm. He really does. His movements, his ability to deliver the football – I mean, it's like he's not scrambling. He's just moving and buying time, and it's, it's ridiculous. Eyes downfield, all that. Watch him deliver the ball, man. Some of the throws is just unbelievable. It's well, unbelievable. I don't understand. Again, this is another one of those players, Jay, that goes in the fourth round, and you sit there and say, how did that happen? Like, what were you guys looking at when you worked him out and you saw the ball coming off his hand? Like, I just – another one of those guys. Well, the question I had is that calf strain, is that on the same leg that he injured? Like, that's a question I think that we have to ask, right? Because whenever you're coming back off injury, there is a tendency sometimes for little things like that to happen. I don't – I hope it's not a big deal. I walked away from last night's game thinking, damn, like I didn't – this team for 500-plus yards of offense, you know, we just had – Rex, uh, Rex Ryan in here saying it's the most yards of offense ever against a Bill Belichick team, him as a head coach or him as a D.C. They're not even close to their ceiling yet. Like, you're doing this without Cooper, without Gallup. Like, think about like, how much more room for improvement this team offensively has where the defense has gotten so much better. That's scary it, as hell, it's man. It's nuts, and you see what happens. Like, you have an offensive line. You have multiple receivers. You got a tight end. You got multiple running backs. And you have a quarterback now – 
Key, you talked about it. He's running around, buying time, keeping his eyes down the field. Those are the scariest dudes because you're like, you almost got him. You almost, oh, wait a minute. He just turned a sack into 30 yards, and now they're going to kick a field goal. He's one of these guys now. He's Aaron Rodgers or someone like that. What is this, his fifth year in the league? I think this is his yeah. fifth year in the league. The league has completely slowed down for him, though. Now he's he's seen everything in five years, man. You've seen it all. You, It's completely mm-hmm. six years. Completely slowed down. Six years. He's not. This is year six now? Yes, he's but he not was out young. for most of one. Yeah. yeah, but he's not young anymore. He is a veteran player. In his prime. In his prime. Like, that, like I don't even know if he's in his prime yet. Because mm-hmm. it's only six, really. He missed last year, like you said. So it's really a four-year. Entering his prime. Yeah, right? yeah. four-year type, mm-hmm. fifth-year type situation for him where he would be entering in his prime, and he has shredded the league. Completely yeah. put him in a machine and just shredded him. Mm. So we did get it. It was the it was the right leg, right calf string, and it's the same one ankle wise. He had an injury. So by the way, he's been when you start to look at the injuries for Dak. If you say what are the red flags, there's one red flag, if you want to call it that, and that is it's starting to be like as you said, same leg. He's starting to he was uh, so not, sturdy the first what four years. He, he didn't miss a, a game. Yeah. But you, exactly. you do realize he hasn't missed any games due to injury other than yep. the ankle. And he's balled out when he's been in there too. Yeah, yeah. It's just a one ankle that broke, and it's not it's not that simple. But snapped. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one ankle that snapped <laughs> in a million different pieces. But that was you know disgusting. It wasn't like it's not like every time you look up, he's missing three games because of a finger. His elbow hurt. No, he's still playing. Nor is he playing poorly as a result of injuries. He's playing out of his mind. But plus, you also love the way that he talks in that post-presser where, where he's like, each and every day, he's like, I'm in attack mode, man. Like, I ain't out here to waste no damn time. What is so interesting to me, too, is cream rises to the top. Like, if you look at Jared Goff and Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott, you look at guys from the same draft. What kind of cream is in that? Never mind. The, the point is, Jared Goff got off to a fast start. With Sean McVay and number one overall, and he's making Pro Bowls, and, he, and then this is where he is now. His second head coach, second different team, saying he's got to show me something. But Carson his, Wentz his is looking better now. See, he told you. Well, they played against the Texans. Leave, but they played against the Texans. Man, you better leave he Carson. Wentz, better leave him alone. Good. He's gonna come and get you back. Okay. Here's the bottom line: When Carson Wentz got hurt originally, the, the year they won the Super Bowl, they were he was maybe going to win MVP that year. He oh, was playing yeah. at a higher level than yeah. Dak Prescott. The point is. Over time, you see where if each you go guy back, rises. If you go back, though, and you look at an exercise, this is an exercise for you just to be bored. You look at the first three years of all their careers mm-hmm. and, and tally up the numbers, that Prescott was ahead of them in almost every single statistical mm-hmm. category. But who would you rather have had that one year that, that I said, Carson I said Dak Prescott still. It, on Even the, record, the year that he was going to win On MVP? record at 17 ESPN, I said Dak Prescott. I like that On the year, record. That year, I like Carson Raj. Wentz. On the record. That year, I like Carson Wentz. And I thought Carson Wentz had higher upside, but it's not the way it's turned out. Let's bring Lewis Riddick in on this conversation. Before we get to the Monday Night Football preview, Lou, what was your biggest takeaway from Dak's performance against New England? I don't know if I really have a biggest takeaway. Just the fact that look, all, all year long, from the very first time we talked to him, you could tell something was different even this year compared to how good he had started last year through the first five weeks. And the, and the difference was the fact that he knew now that he had total command of this offense, not just because he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys and they had paid him, but because he knew now that he had answers for everything that everyone was trying to do to him, like the great quarterbacks talk about. 
that no matter what I, what I come into a game thinking the team's going to do, if they throw me a curveball, I have an answer. Because I'm that dialed in to what we're trying to do. And I'm the conductor now. I'm the captain now as far as what's happening to me. And what he showed yesterday was that's what he is. That's what he can do. And he's all the way back from his injury. He has no fear. He'll scramble for first downs, as you saw. People clip, you know, someone tried to clip his ankles and, you know, not, and took him down that way with the, the time where he got, he was, uh, he felt he was uh, taken down short of the first down on the New England sideline. So he's, he's, he's now in that elite quarterback matrix, I always like to call it, to where it just, it just doesn't matter what you're trying to do to him now because mentally he has he has an answer for you and physically he could always throw the football but but even now i mean his accuracy and his decision making his ability to throw with touch throw with velocity throw deep short all all three cards into the field it doesn't matter he has answers for everything and um that's a scary place to be for a quarterback to be when you're talking about an opponent and you could see it yesterday when you know in bill's face he didn't have an answer for it he couldn't he couldn't really he couldn't really slow him down and he knew it and that's uh that's not a comforting feeling for defensive coordinators lewis you've been in the personnel department in the front office and evaluating talent how does a guy like dak prescott how does he drop the four like what what are you looking at that you can't see the future development of a guy that's big strong can move around with a strong arm comes from a quarterback friendly system in mississippi state like, what are you missing? Makes units better when he's in the game? Yeah, I think, well, one, I mean, I think sometimes scouts, well, well let, let, let me put it this way. It's not, I think, I, I know what, what happens here. It, you know, the, the the draft becomes a becomes a pricing mechanism. It's, it's just about, okay, well, even if I do really like this guy, sometimes it becomes an exercise of, well, what do I have to pay in order to get him relative to how everyone else is evaluating him? All right, and sometimes scouts really judge their their competency on what kind of value they get instead of maybe what type of player you know they actually like, and then just going and getting him. Meaning, well, if I can get this guy in the fourth round, then why would I pay a first round pick where I can get someone else, get some other players at that point, and then still get this guy in the fourth round, even if I really do think ultimately he's going to wind up being a franchise quarterback? That's what happened. Number one. Number two. I don't think NFL people really thought that Dak Prescott was going to be this good based off of what he had done in college. I, I just don't. And because if, if they did, he would have gone higher. The overall valuation of him amongst the NFL would have been higher and people would have been saying, well, look, I can't wait to the fourth. I got to go to the third, second, first round in order to get him. People didn't see this coming. That's just a fact. And that's not to take anything away from – Dak Prescott, the man, because he's always been that guy. It's just that people didn't see the skill set being one that was going to be developed and honed to the point where now, I mean, he's lethal. He's just absolutely lethal. And, you know, sometimes it happens that way. You know, what's interesting about him, if you compare him to a guy who a lot of people like to talk about as well as, as far as being misgraded or misvalued, that being Russell Wilson, there was consensus amongst the, all personnel people that Russell Wilson was going to be a damn good quarterback that could possibly be a top five, top ten quarterback. 
The thing that held people back with Russell, though, was, and this is another mistake that happens in scouting a lot, is, well, he doesn't have the ideal measurables. He just doesn't. I can't risk drafting him in the first round because if he misses and I miss on a, on a quarterback who's, you know, shorter than 6'2", 6'3", I'm going to get fired as a scout because every owner will tell me, you should have known better. He didn't check the boxes, so to speak. So people waited. And that's why his value dropped. It didn't drop because people didn't think he was going to be a great quarterback. It dropped because he didn't check enough quote-unquote boxes, which I hate that damn term. But he didn't, quote, he didn't check enough boxes in order for, teams, for scouts to be able to cover their rear end if he didn't pan out. So it was a little bit different between him and Dak. But yeah. in the end, they both become elite quarterbacks, and uh, mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah. Lewis Riddick, ESPN Monday Night Football Analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Lewis, that brings me to Lamar Jackson. Uh, Key's been saying for a while that it doesn't look like, look at Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray as quarterbacks per se. How would you mm-hmm. evaluate these two dynamic playmakers? Well, I'll tell you what. Look. I'll start with Lamar. One of the, I did a tape on draft night that's actually, I think it was against UNC. I think that's who he was playing. I think it was at UNC, as a matter of fact, his last year at Louisville. And I took out all of the pro passing concepts that they were running down there then and showed about five or six clips and said, you know what, quite honestly, I like Lamar Jackson doing this stuff. Pro, the more he does pro passing concept type stuff at Louisville, the more I like it. Like, I, I, I get all the athletic stuff. I get all the, the ways in which he can run the football and the zone reads and quarterback powers and all. I, I get that. But when he's throwing the football from the pocket and he's reading stuff out, this is where I think, this is where I think the gold is for him. And right now, that's where, to me, we all know Lamar can turn you inside out as far as his athletic ability. But the, but the way he is playing the game, from the pocket, when it's third down, when we all know that the same kind of route concepts are coming on third down that everybody runs in the NFL, the same kind of, it's just a matter of which ones they dial up and how they present it to you from a formation standpoint, but everybody runs the same stuff. That's where now he can duel and battle with any quarterback at the very highest level. And as a matter of fact, he may be sitting at the very top. That's how I evaluate him right now. And honestly, when he was, when they were letting him do that stuff at Louisville, you could see that coming. It just needed to be honed and fine-tuned, and he's fine-tuning it now. Lewis. And now he's killing people with it. Let, let's Kyler get to the... Murray? Yep. Well, Kyler Murray's different. Kyler um, Murray's just a freak. He just is. Lewis, yeah, Mac, what were you going to say? I was going to ask you about the Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. And, sure. and the question for me is, can Derrick Henry's ability help, you know, what, Tennessee – control the clock, right, to offset that Bills offense? Do they have it? Does Tennessee have a chance? Yeah, they have a chance. But the Bills have always played very well against Derrick Henry. He has never, he's never just ripped Buffalo with a 200-yard game, 180-yard game, five yards. He doesn't do that against this defense. And I, I just don't know if he'll be able to do that again tonight. I don't know if this offensive line, even though it's good, it's not as strong and as dominant as it has been in the past. Buffalo always has a real good – a real good ability to slow him down. We'll see if they can keep that in check. The thing with Tennessee is going to have to do at some point in time, they're going to have to throw the ball over Buffalo's head. They're going to have to win the outside matchups with Julio and AJ. Problem is, have you seen them pass protect? It ain't real good. So that's where the game's going to be decided for me. Yeah, well, at least. Derek Henry, that's where it's going to be decided for me. Can they do that? 
I was going to say, Lewis, at least Josh Norman won't be on the Bills to get that nasty stick horn. <laughs> That's, That's for sure. That's yeah. the Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. If your pet is hurt in a car accident, Progressive pays up to $1,000 in vet expenses with free pet coverage. Visit Progressive.com. And Lewis Riddick is on the Goodyear hotline. Great stuff as always, Lou. All right, Lou. I'll All be right, tuned in. Good call time, brother. All right, brother. The most impressive performance from week six leaves us asking if Lamar Jackson is the best player in the NFL. We'll answer it, answer it next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers, wherever you get your podcasts. We got Sal Pal, Sal Palantonio, ESPN NFL reporter on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven. Good morning, Sal Pal. Good morning, Max. I would tell you, Max, my favorite Miles Davis tune is Max making wax. Oh, Love that. I always think of that when I think of you. Max well, is making wax, man. He's just making it, doing doing his thing. That's right. Love it. That's right. Key is looking perplexed. 
laying it down. I, I, I like right. the Miles Davis reference there, Sally. I, I sure. see you, Sal. That's right. I see you. Yeah, no, some John Coltrane next, you know, man. Well, listen, you know, when you think of Lamar Jackson, I think of bebop. Mm. You know, I think of hard bop. I think of Horace Silver. I think of uh, Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers because Lamar Jackson, his improvisational skills are just faster. Uh, he's playing in the 64th notes all the time, high speed all the time, very, very difficult to defend against, very, very difficult to keep up with. So because, you know, I, I try to come up with a metaphor for Lamar Jackson from an athletic standpoint or an NFL standpoint, and it's very difficult to do. So I, I try to use music as much as possible because, you know, jazz is about – the orchestration and then the improv off of that, and so is football. So, Sal, Sal Powell, when you are have you a saying, guy like when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson improving and riffing so quickly, it's very difficult to keep up. Sal, would you say then? The, the, I'm sorry to cut to, to interrupt, but are, would you say he is a genius? When you watch him, you've seen so much football in your life. We talk about a genius in, for example, Miles Davis or someone like that. Would you say Lamar Jackson is a football genius? Yeah, and it comes instinctively, but it also comes from, you know, study and practice because, you know, great jazz musicians, everybody just thinks they can just go up there and do it. Well, you know, the basis of it is tremendous knowledge of the music, tremendous knowledge of the underpinning composition, which takes film study and time and smarts. And then practice. You just don't go up there and blow your horn uh, and expect music to come out of it. You got to practice. You know the old saying: "What's the best way to get to Carnegie Hall? Practice." Sal Pontonio, ESPN NFL reporter and host of NFL Matchup. Sal, um, I put Lamar in a separate category, right? I take him out yeah, of the yeah. quarterback category, and yes. if people can't really understand what I mean by that. He just got his own yes. box because he's not a quarterback of tradition. He is, I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. So when you were at this game yesterday, how difficult was it for the Chargers to try to defend this with Brandon Staley's defense? Well, I thought Brandon Staley's defense yesterday, Key, in watching it and then re-watching it this morning a little bit was very static. It was very reactionary. And you can't play like that against Lamar Jackson. A. B, I don't know really what defense you can play against him because, as Joey Bosa told us, you know, you study film on the guy, but things are changing on the fly all of the time. He creates so much conflict for the defense. So even though you look at the stat sheet, right, Derwin James, their best defensive player, no disrespect to Joey Bosa, Derwin James still led the team with tackles. He still had uh, a couple of tackles for a loss, and um, he had a forced fumble. Mm. So on the stat sheet, he looks good. But Lamar Jackson rendered him almost into the disappearing category because, you know, now he's got uh, Greg Roman dialing up these underneath routes scheming up underneath outs to Mark Andrews, but also the home run hitters to Marquise Brown. 
So a key, listen, I don't have to tell you this. You heard it from Bill Parcells very early on in your career. Where does confidence come in a football team? Well, confidence comes from your quarterback Mm -hmm. being able to get you out of trouble, either throwing it or running it. And the Ravens were 6 for 11, 54% on third down. They had a time of possession of 38 minutes. Bottom line is Brandon Staley's defense, key, was too reactionary and too static, and it allowed Lamar Jackson to stay on the field at will and do what he wanted to do. Sal, key, as in Keyshawn, third person, said the Bengals are the biggest threats to the Ravens, and you'll be in Baltimore this weekend to take to watch Cincinnati take on the Ravens. Could they be the biggest threat to the Ravens? I don't think so. I think the Bills are. No, the, the, the Bengals are clearly an ascending team because Joe Burrow is playing very well from the pocket, and all really – Credit goes to Joe Burrow. That was a pretty gruesome knee injury to come back from in one year. He's played courageously. He's played smart. His ball has nice touch. He's got velocity and trajectory so he can make the outside the numbers throws. Uh, And he feels the rush now. And they're protecting him a lot better. They're getting smart about it. And they're putting six offensive linemen on the field when they have to. So they're better. But the Bills lead the NFL in points scored and points allowed. That's the most important statistic. And the Bills, in my opinion, and the Ravens uh, are now sort of separating themselves a little bit from everybody else. I mean, I'm not a guy, and I know you're not a guy, about statement games and this and that in week six. But, you know, the Chargers, they're a pretty good team. And the Ravens basically did what they wanted yesterday. So in, in terms of that, that was a statement game. Well, what, what about the division this year, Sal? Well, I mean, the, the Ravens are in a position, I think, to control the division if they win Sunday, if they beat the Bengals. No, no question about it. Mm-hmm. All right, Sal, I, I got to ask you about the Eagles here. Um, of course. At the beginning of the of the week, I was so frustrated because I, I was wondering if this team, Miles Sanders, they forgot who he is or how talented of a player he is considering the way Nick Sirianni continues to use Jalen Hurts and dropping the back so much. What do you see being the problem with the Eagles and how did they address it? Well, there's two problems and they need to address both. They need to address both. Let's start with the offense since you brought that up. They don't have any definition on offense. I don't know what their identity is. Their identity should be Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is their most experienced uh, offensive player and has had the most production of all the offensive players that they have. They can run to the right behind Landon Dickerson and Jordan Mailata. They have enough beef up there to run to the right, especially when Goddard is on the field. It can be a good right-handed running team. Uh, So I think they need to, between now and when they play Vegas, play in Vegas, they need to make a statement about, okay, this is what we're going to do. On defense, Jay, on defense, they have a definition, and it's NG. It's no good. You cannot play split safety deep coverage and rush four and leave the middle of the field open, you're going to get carved up. 
They got carved up by Jimmy G when the Niners came in there, two 90-yard drives to win the game. They got carved up in Carolina by, of all people, Sam Darnold until they finally won the game. They got carved up big time by the GOAT on Thursday night. I mean, you know, I mean, I no disrespect to Tom. Love Tom, covered every one of his Super Bowls, been around him for the last two years a lot. But he's 44, and at 11.15 at night on the road with a bad hand. In the fourth quarter, he rolls out to his right and completes a 20-something yard crossing route to Antonio Brown. I mean, please, come on. Should never happen. Yeah. I mean, am I right about that or not? No, Should you're not right. Happen. You're right, Sal. You're All right. right, Sal, pal, we'll – I mean, the Giants don't even deserve to get talked about today. You and I will commiserate about them uh, some other <laughs> time. Uh, maybe off mic. I don't know. That might, that might be one best served off mic. By the way, I say it every time Sal, pal, is on any show I'm doing. How Football Explains America, one of the best sports books I've ever read. Mm. How Football Explains America. Thanks, Sal. Always great talking to you. Appreciate you, Sal. All right, Sally. Yeah, appreciate being on the show. Thank you very much. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, ESPN 2 Series XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers.
wherever you get your podcasts, etc. Raiders capped an emotional week with a 34-24 victory over the Broncos in the first game since John Gruden's resignation and their first game with Rich Passaccia as interim coach. The Raiders snapped a two-game skid with a much-needed win. Here is quarterback Derek Carr. There'll be a time for the emotions of all of that, uh, but now is not the time. You know, we have time. We, um, if anything, what this did is brought us really, it for sure brought us closer um, with talking with the guys and meetings and all that kind of stuff. Um, proud of where we're at uh, and glad uh, for our organization to get a win. You know, we needed a win bad uh, this week. Um, you know, sometimes when you get punched in the gut, it's hard to bounce back, but we were able to do it. So um, we definitely needed it. We got one, and it, it definitely feels good. They got punched in the gut. What do you mean they lost? No, they their coach was embroiled in a bad situation. And by the way, they did lose a couple games. Yes, I mean, I, I, that's what I would think he would be talking about. But no, I, I expect I expected for them to win. I expect for them to play the way they did because they're playing for Coach Passaccia. There's no question about it. Rich is a good dude, and when whenever you have a good guy like that, and and players know it, they go out there and they just execute. And we saw that execution against the Broncos. I'm happy for him. He got his first win as a head coach, and hopefully he'll have many, many more. Remember the first four weeks of the season when Teddy Bridgewater didn't throw a pick? Everybody was like, oh, this team, they have a chance to be different. Yeah. He's thrown four in the last two games. He threw three on Sunday. I mean, listen, Bridgewater three. also was not good with Carolina. I know you say, well, no, McCaffrey, bad situation, but he is a guy who's, we talk about brand a lot, whose brand can't afford to have long stretches or even kind of mid-sized stretches where it turn where is a downturn for him because he's not an elite quarterback. No, he's a good he's a good quarterback in the right situation can be successful. Right, that's what it is. Right, I mean, it, you know, they started off three and zero. They were at that time what their record indicated. Now that's not the case. Of, they are what this record says, which is a five hundred team that's sputtering alone. A version of Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe on the low end, but the point is a normal good player, not yes. a superhuman good player, uh, whose who's, who's success depends greatly upon his surroundings and, his, and the position he's in. Um, but I, the Basaccia thing, Key, I'm with you. I predicted on, I don't know if you heard about this TV show. Have you heard <laughs> about it yet? Another it's just plug. The point is, um, I talked about we, you know, we make bold predictions. Figured that, yeah, that you guys the Raiders, do. yeah, the, figured that the Raiders would do that because of what you said, Basaccia. Like when you have a coach who just got, got just had to resign because of that, you can't tell me no one else in that locker room was like, man, this dude, right? Like little things have oh, to well, come out here. And there. Okay. On the oh. other hand, so you're you're shedding him. And in exchange, you're getting a guy who everyone, I have not heard a bad word said about Passaccia by anyone. But the thing is, is there's nobody else that's gone from the team, from the coaching staff, other than Gruden. You're not losing the defensive coordinator. You're not losing the position coaches. They're all still there. The only thing Rich Passaccia has stepped up and the Passaccia has stepped up and done is give instructions and advice on how to go about doing things on certain downs and distance and timeouts and things of that nature. And the players will rally around that positivity. They, you know, because there's a lot that go on with certain head coaches. Everything is just, no matter what people think about it, just negative. Yeah. The energy, just the, the feel of it. Now, all of a sudden, you got such this amazing, positive individual that has taken over and uplifting the rest of the team in the locker room. They're going to go out there and run through a wall for him. Especially against the team. Like, you know, it's not like they were visiting a juggernaut of a team. 
So I try to tell you, sometimes the schedule is the best medicine, right? No Depending doubt. upon who you play and when you play. And just to add on the Keys point, there, there's something, you know, and, and I can only speculate on this, but there's certain people that you know, like I can watch a lot of NBA games and hear like what guys say. And there's certain coaches where I'm like, these guys are already kind of like pseudo checked out. Yeah, even though they're playing coach. hard, you know they're I mean? like, yeah. Like they ain't going to that degree for that coach. And I kind of feel like Gruden was in that bucket to a degree. Am I probably, off key pro- on that? Probably so. I mean, they'll never, you'll never, they'll, they'll never exactly. tell you because they're actively on a roster with an active coach that they got to play for. So they never going to, you know, they're going to just do what they need to do to survive. I'll give you an example. Like Rick Carlisle, right? Like in Dallas. Like there was always probably you watching him like, Something's off there with Porzingis and Luca, and you're hearing all these things go around. It just it didn't feel right, right? Jason Kidd and Dallas, like that feels different. That's very similar to how I looked at the Raiders. But we now now you have to produce because John Gruden, according to I think it was Bill Barnwell's article, apparently has not left that that uh, franchise in great shape moving forward in terms of resources and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So it could be that if they're strapped and they don't start doing well, Gruden won four games year one then seven, year two, then eight, year three, and then they were winning this year. And so it could have the appearance of, up. Oh, Gruden had them going in the right direction, and then they started going in the wrong direction. Well, it depends on what the, you get out of the players, right? The players all of a sudden will emerge in that economic situation that you're in will not even matter mm-hmm. because the players that you got there will eventually start to develop under the direction of the coaching that they're getting now opposed to the coaching they were getting before. It does seem like the move to Vegas, they wanted to set that up just right. They They went and hired a big, high-profile coach. They gave him a 10-year deal. In a way, this is maybe the best thing that could happen for the Raiders in the sense that they got all the press with Gruden and everything. Now they're in Vegas, and if he's not the right guy, where obviously from those emails he ain't the right guy, now they're not even saddled with him anymore. But they got the kind of momentum from the hire and everything. And I come back to what we said originally when this whole thing broke down. It's like, you know, if you're looking at you know, potential coaching candidates and a guy like Eric Bieniemy is there, with the, if it doesn't work out with Rich Bisaccia, right? Like, that's – like, that kind of offensive mind in that system with that team in Vegas, like, that's a that's been a saying, Been saying it, if Bieniemy's also waiting for the right opportunity, if he likes Carr, if he looks at Carr and thinks – Yep, I can win with that guy. Vegas is a location, the whole thing. Ooh, ooh. And, and what happens is, like, John called the plays. He was in total control of the offensive side of the ball. Now you got, like, Greg Olson calling the plays. He doesn't have to. It's it's just a different – it's just different. The play calling, I could sense, was a little bit different. How they orchestrated drives, you could tell. He was like, yeah, this isn't – it's the same plays, but how they're calling it, when they're calling it, it was a huge difference. I know what you say about Rodgers and Green Bay, and you're right. Like in the end, I don't, I don't, I disagree with you about he'll wind up there. But, but I do think, new? I do think Green Bay gives him his, one of his best chances to win. You see where I'm going, Jay? Oh, I do. If Rodgers goes to Denver next season, Herbert with the Chargers, Mahomes with the tough, Chiefs, tough division. Derek Carr. What if Bieniemy's there, or what if Basaccia just keeps the job because he's so good? Either way. And Aaron Rodgers in Denver. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. He may stay. He may go. Who knows? Oh, I just need to see that. I need to see a division with four quarterbacks like that, where you look at them and you go, is Derek Carr kind of bringing up the re- – Derek Carr is bowling this year. If, he, if that dude is the worst quarterback in your division, it's oof. 
Jay, the NBA season is underway. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We're going to talk it, save it for the last 20 seconds of the show. Thank you, yeah, Alan Yates. We're jam-packed. NFL, NBA, baseball playoffs. <laughs> Keyshawn, Jay, Willemax. Can't miss tomorrow's Let's show. Let's go, Lakers. Another exciting installment. Meantime, guess who's coming right up. I'll give you one guess. Guess who's coming up on ESPN This just in. No. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.